Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about uh, Albert Camus and uh, the philosophy of absurdism. Uh, now, Camus didn't think of himself as a philosopher. He thought of himself more as a novelist and a playwright. But everything that he writes is very deeply influenced by the philosophy of absurdism. And everything he writes sort of upholds that philosophy. But before I get into what that is, uh, I do want to give you a little bit of background and, and, and take a couple of steps back so you can kind of get the tradition of what Camus is doing and what he's responding to. Now, if you remember, we talked about uh, Schopenhauer and Nietzsche, and Schopenhauer uh, definitely is kind of one of the big figures of uh, nihilism. He sort of the belief that it's all meaningless, there's no point to anything. Um, and in actuality, Schopenhauer's recommendation for humanity was that our best thing that we could do is go extinct. Now, Nietzsche picks up on Schopenhauer's ideas and sees that the universe doesn't have a preset meaning for us. There are no, um, you know, gods or rules or, you know, things that uh, we have sol solid foundation for values. Uh, and one of Nietzsche's big pushes is to avoid falling into uh, nihilism, um, to avoid that just giving up and, you know, basically laying down to die. Um, his philosophy is very much about if there is no meaning, then we need to sort of live up to the task that we've killed God and we've killed meaning, and we need to sort of create this new group of men, the overmen, um, who will, you know, be the makers of meaning. Now, the meaning that they make will only be, you know, self-made. It, it will be something that doesn't have the, the universe's stamp of approval, except for the fact that they are um, imposing their will on the world. Um, Schopenhauer looks at all of these solutions as being, um, as not working, as falling apart. Uh, and this is one of the reasons that he starts to come up with the ideas of absurdism. Um, he feels that, yes, the universe doesn't have any meaning that we can get to, um, that, that we can understand, it either doesn't exist or it isn't something that is within the grasp of humanity. Um, but he also recognizes the fact that we are creatures who want that. We're constantly seeking it. We're, um, we're almost, you know, wired to find meaning. Um, and this is where absurdity uh, comes in. Because we're creatures in a universe without meaning, and our main goal is to find meaning in things. And therefore, we're left in this impossible position. And one of the ways that um, Camus talks about that people deal with this is through suicide. And he talks about two different kinds of suicide. Now, obviously, there's the suicide that everyone you know, knows and thinks about where the person actually ends their own life. Um, that's not as common as the other suicide. The other kind of suicide is something he believes is what most people do. And that kind of suicide is what he terms philosophical suicide. This is um, basically killing off your own reason 
in order to embrace something that makes you feel better. Uh, one example for Camus in philosophical suicide would be to embrace religion and just pretend that there is a meaning there, that there is a creator who gives meaning. And Camus is an atheist, like a lot of the uh, French philosophers and thinkers were. Um, so he doesn't believe that that's something there. There's no proof for the existence of God. We've talked about this before. Um, God is not something that can be proven, nor can God be disproven. Uh, it, it's one of those things that you have, you have to basically, you believe it or you don't, uh, because there are no good, good arguments for the existence of God, and there are no good arguments that say God does not exist. And so Camus is definitely falling in on the side of atheism. So he feels just to throw yourself into faith, throw yourself into religion, is to kind of close your eyes to what the universe and what the world actually is. And this is why he terms it a philosophical suicide. Um, you're not dealing with um, reality as it is. You're going for a reality that is more comfortable for you. And this... Um, this can also be throwing yourself into lots of different things. Uh, throwing yourself into distraction is a, is a form of philosophical suicide. Uh, if you don't want to think about the fact that the meaning, the, you know, the universe is either meaningless or at least hasn't given us, given us any specific meaning, you might throw yourself into watching sports 24 hours or, you know, 24 hours a day or comedies or whatever kind of distraction you enjoy um, so that you don't have to really sit and face life. And part of why he considers this also a suicide is that you are turning your back on the life that you actually have for an imaginary life, um, an imaginary existence that you feel is better. So you've, you know, basically killed off your ability to live in the real world. Now, I think if he were alive today and looking at, you know, the internet and social media and things like that, I think he would be even more convinced of his point that people have ran to distraction. They've run to, you know, mindless entertainment that keeps them from having to think and to be in the, you know, live in the world that they actually live in. Um, and unlike the uh, nihilists who just say, well, it's all meaningless anyways, who cares? There's no point in doing anything. Um, Camus wants to embrace the absurdity of life. He wants you to see that not as something that is um, a reason to give up, but a reason to really dive into life more. So one of the things that he you know, recommends is to, you know, dive into the present, live, live in the now, um, confront the reality that's in front of you, whether it's good or bad. In a lot of ways, this, some of his ideas go back to Emile Cerrone, which we'll talk about him at some point eventually too, um, who was also an absurdist. Um, you know, this idea of, you know, doing things to avoid your real life, uh, Camus and Saran both would have been very much against that. Even the negative things, even the failure. Saran is one of the people who believes failure, your failure should be embraced and discussed, 
just as much as your successes because if you ignore them, if you push them in the back, you're ignoring a large part of your existence. You're ignoring a large part of your life and you're not really living it. You're just sort of living half a life. And this is one of the reasons that Camus and Saran get put in with the existentialist because they're not only looking at, you know, what is the meaning of existence? They don't find one. But how do we exist in this world that doesn't have that meaning? You know, how do we still get up every day and do what we've got to do as opposed to just giving up like the nihilists and just say, well, let's just lay down and die and get this over with. So, you know, living for the moment, savoring every moment, taking things slowly. Um, these are things that honestly, if you think about them, sound like a lot of advice you might get from a psychologist or from a, you know, a self-help uh, group or from, you know, Buddhist meditation where you kind of bring yourself into the present instead of constantly living in the past or the future. Uh, this is one of the problems that a lot of philosophers have pointed out with humans. We're rarely in the now. We're always either thinking about the way things used to be in the past or thinking about what they're going to be like in the future. And we do so much of this that this is a form of uh, in Camus' opinion, this would be a form of um, philosophical suicide because you're killing your now and burying yourself in the past or in the future uh, or a combination of the two. So he recommends living in the now uh, as a way to embrace absurdity. If things are good, live them, feel them, experience them. If things are bad, the same. Live them, feel them, experience them. Um, another tip that he gives is to be yourself. Um, we so much, especially in uh, modern society, but we always have even in earlier times, um, people always have a strong urge to conform. Whatever everyone else is doing, that's what they do. They blend in with the group. And one of the things that Camus sees as, again, another form of philosophical suicide is just blending in with the group and not being yourself. You know, everybody in your group likes this certain type of music, whatever it is. So therefore, you have to love that type of music. Everybody in your group loves this certain type of food. So you have to love that certain type of food. Now, you can also think about it in groups that are political. And this is, you know, a, a topic I've discussed in my other podcasts, the, the, you know, polarization of people in political parties. If you're a Democrat, you have to be for everything the Democrats are for. If you're a Republican, you have to be for everything that the Republicans are for. And Camus would see this, again, as a type of philosophical suicide. You've killed your own thoughts. You've killed your own individuality just to feel like you belong, to feel like you fit in. Um, and so he very much is against conforming um, just for the sake of conformity. Now, if you do happen to like the food that everybody in your you know, group likes or do happen to like this or that activity, or th that is okay to still like those things. Um, you know, he's not telling you just to be a contrarian to be a contrarian necessarily. 
You know, if you like something, if you actually like it, then enjoy it. Be yourself. Yes, this is something I enjoy. If you don't like something, no, this is not something I enjoy. Uh, regardless of what the people around you think, what, what your group feels. And, you know, when you start to listen to this, you, you, you should be hearing echoes of the other existentialists, the ideas of, you know, living an authentic life, not living in bad faith, where you're, you know, being true to who you are instead of just going along with what everyone and everything wants you to be. Uh, another thing that he um, wants people to do is live like a rebel. So in this case, he does kind of encourage you to be a bit on the contrarian side. Um, you know, don't go along with things that society does. In fact, a lot of times you should be going against what society does um, because you are living your own life. You're, you're living as you, uh, you know, experience the world and not just being swept up. And I think part of the reason for the being a rebel is just from the fact that if you don't engage in that kind of mentality where you rebel against things, what eventually happens is you start to slip more and more into conformity. You start to slip more and more into just going along with what everyone else is doing. So he recommends people being a rebel. Uh, another point that he makes about how to live in an absurd uh, universe is to accept unpredictability. One of the things that terrifies most people is the unknown, the unpredictable. In fact, we're creatures who will often stay in horrible situations just because we're afraid of what it might be if we get out of that situation. You know, when you look, this is something that is a pretty common thing for humans. How many men or women um, are in abusive relationships and stay there? Because that's what, they're, that's what they know. That's what they're used to. Um, and they don't want to break out of that because then things aren't as predictable. You know, if you're in an abusive relationship, you might know, well, every day at six o'clock, I'm going to get you know, a beating, or I'm going to get, you know, verbally abused, or, you know, whatever the abuse is. Um, the unexpected is when you walk away from that and go, okay, now I don't know what to expect at all, because I'm off on my own. It may get better, it may get worse. And we have this fear of, you know, unpredictability. We like to be able to think we can predict our own lives. We can predict the way things are going to go. And remember, this is part of a philosophical suicide because the universe doesn't actually operate that way. You know, think about how many of you, and myself included in this, had plans of, well, this is where I'm going to be five years from now. And then five years from that point, you don't even remember what your plan was because you're in a completely different place. Um, and... This is something that if you want to really be alive, uh, really exist in a, in a universe that is absurd, you have to embrace the unpredictability. Um, embrace, embrace it and make the best of it. Uh, unpredictability gives you a more authentic life just in the fact that um, 
it's, it's constantly bringing you new experiences. And if you're living in the now, like one of the points he gave earlier, new experiences are definitely something you want to keep having. Uh, they keep you feeling alive. You know, think about how meaningless life can get sometimes when you're stuck in a routine, stuck in the treadmill where you're doing the same thing day after day without any variation. <clears throat> okay. Um, the next thing, the next point that he makes is to find happiness in every phase of your life. Too many people, again, with this, this goes back to the always living in the past or living in the future. Um, they wa either want to go back to when they think everything was better, and so their whole life is in the present is misery because they're not back where they wanted to be. They can't go back to where they wanted to be, and so they're just kind of stuck and miserable. Or how many times do people, well, I just got to put up with life now, but X number of years down the road, that's when I'm really going to be living life. Um, and you know, in a universe that doesn't have any set meaning, any set direction, uh, you don't know if the future is going to be anything like you think it's going to be because it's predictable, unpredictable. It doesn't happen always the way we think it does. And you can never go back to the way things were because time moves in one direction. You know, this is one thing that the universe does do, at least for humans. Maybe the other species don't experience time the way we do, but as humans, we experience it only moving in one direction. We can, you know, flash back and have memories of the past, but we can't actually go to that past physically. Uh, and so this, um, you know, ability to find happiness in every stage of your life is essential for Camus and how to exist in an absurd universe. You know, if you're young, enjoy being young. If you're middle-aged, Enjoy being middle-aged. Uh, it means you can't do some of the things you could do when you were young. Also, it means you can do some of the things that you couldn't do when you were young. You know, if you're getting older, if you're elderly, enjoy that phase of your life. You know, the there are joys still to be had in being elderly. Um, a lot of people think of it as, well, this is just the end. You're just sitting around and waiting to die. And yeah, if you're living, you know, a life of philosophical suicide, then yeah, you are just sitting around when you get older waiting to die. Um, but there's no reason you have to. You know, you can still enjoy what you're doing. You know, if you're no longer working because you're, you're retired, enjoy retirement. You know, don't, don't worry that you're no longer, you know, working nine to five or whatever. You know, go outside and Enjoy the outside. Go to a park. Go visit with family or friends. Um, pick up hobbies. Uh, you know, things that you never had time to do when you were in a younger phase of life. And, you know, this is for Camus, you know, the secret to really living is to being in the now, enjoying the now, uh, rebel, don't just do what everybody wants you to do, and really kind of make your own meaning, your own life, and live it, because there is no grand narrative that's going to pass judgment on it after the fact. Now, there can be some 
uh, definite abuses with this type of thinking. You know, as with anything else, though, with any moral system, with any ethical system, with any system of, you know, how to live your life, you, you can always have people that are going to abuse it and say, well, you know, I think what I enjoy mean would be, you know, killing other people since there's no judge of anything, then I guess I'll just run around killing other people. Um, this, again, though, you know, the universe doesn't just exist with a preset meaning, but it also doesn't just exist in our own minds. Uh, we can't completely bend it to our will. In fact, we can't bend it to our will at all. The only thing Camus would say you can do is just kind of make the best of whatever is in front of you, enjoy it as much as you can, always try to move yourself in different directions. Um, but if you, you know, kind of step too far out of line, the universe or other people uh, will step in and do something about it. If you go around abusing other people, eventually you're just going to get locked up. Um, although Camus would say if you're locked up, enjoy that part of your life as well, because now you know, you don't have to worry about where you're going to have, where you're going to be sleeping every night, things like that. So it's, it's a very difficult philosophy in some ways, but it's also a very much a philosophy that is geared towards the now and geared towards practical life. If you're looking for some comforting grand narrative to soothe you, you're not going to find this in Camus because Camus, Camus doesn't believe they exist or if they do exist, they're not something we have access to. Uh, and this has been a large part of, you know, the thinking in the modern era. How do we exist? How do we live a life where everything isn't already pre-set out for us? Where all of our beliefs, all of our, you know, everything about the universe isn't planned out for us. Um, instead, how do we live in a universe where we're doing our thing and it's doing its thing and they don't always mesh up. So when you talk about 20th century philosophy, um, you really are getting into questions that when we go into next season and we talk about ancient philosophy, you're going to start to see these are some of the questions that were brewing back then. You know, what is a good life? Um, what what should we be like? What we what should we not be like? Um, and you know what is the reason for that? Uh, some of the ancients found uh, you know the reason is the gods. Some of the ancients found the reason is you know other people act as a check against you. Uh, so these issues in philosophy really when you dig into them you're going to find they keep coming back with each generation. Why is that? Because each generation gets thrown into the world and has to figure out what it is they've been thrown into. Okay, I'm going to break off uh, talking about Camus. Um, again, we will spend lots of time on all of these people in later seasons, um, but I hope all of you are doing well. I hope all of you are staying safe. Have a good night.